The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's spend some time this morning with a beautiful scripture passage about the fruit of the Spirit from Paul's letter to the Galatians. I have found that simply studying these verses this past week has been uplifting to my soul and I encourage you to spend some time meditating on them as well. In fact, let's read them together from the top of the first page of your worship folder. I know you already turned the page. Can you turn back to the first page? And go to the top. Did you find it? Okay. Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if you are like me, you are praying, bring it on, Holy Spirit, because I could use a lot more of all of these. Did you notice that Paul clearly said these beautiful qualities are grown in us by the Holy Spirit? They are not qualities we can simply decide to have by our own power. Now, if you are growing veggies or flowers or crops, you know how growth works. You prepare the soil, you plant the seed, you water and fertilize, you make conditions for growth as nice as you possibly can, but you aren't the one who makes the seed grow. That's a power beyond what we can do. The fruit of the Spirit is like that. So, if the Spirit is doing the growing, what is our part? How do we prepare the soil within, so to speak, for the Spirit's work? One way is to look at our lives as beloved children of God and see what we have gotten caught up with that is not worthy of our calling. 
Just before the list of fruits, you heard Paul's list of 15 very unhealthy pursuits from promiscuity to jealousy and envy. We are to turn away from those things and turn toward God. After all, if I am consumed with hatred, I'm not very open to the Holy Spirit. We also cultivate our spiritual soil in all those ways that Tricia spoke of. We, we engage in the treasures of our faith, prayer and worship as we're doing right now, fellowship with other believers, spending time in the scriptures. So all of these practices help us to be fertile ground for the work of the Spirit. Are you looking for some hope today? Are you struggling about something? Here's the good news. The Spirit of the living God has taken up residence in you and is producing in you what you need to live a worthy, faithful, courageous, loving life. So let's look at the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit is, of course, love. It begins with the love that flows from God, God's unconditional love coming into us. It's like the love of Jesus. It's self-giving rather than self-seeking love. As the Spirit grows this fruit in us, we may, may find ourselves accepting people as they are because Christ has accepted us just as we are with our own list of limitations, faults, sins, and hang-ups. This love is persistent, continuing to love even in the face of opposition or persecution. May the Spirit grow this kind of love in us. The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy isn't the same thing as happiness, which can depend on circumstances. This joy remains in even difficult and challenging times. It is an abiding sense of well-being that rises up in us because we know that we are loved by God and are always and forever, no matter what, in God's loving presence. Even in times of deep sorrow, this fruit of joy is the underlying joy that is nothing less than resurrection to eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ. So may the Spirit grow joy in us. The third fruit is peace. Peace is the deep sense of contentment that comes from being rooted in God and at the same time being fully aware that we are not God. It endures beyond the ups and the downs of life. One summer in my college years, I was with two good friends and we were looking over a lake outside Wilmer, talking, and as the sun set, just sitting there in silence. And at one point, a peace came over me that was so profound that it still informs my life. The sense of it was strong and unforgettable. It was, God is, and love is, and everything will ultimately be all right. The message was not, your life will be smooth and things will go your way and nothing bad will happen. It was, God is and love is 
and everything will ultimately be all right. It filled me with a peace that I can still call on. Peace is resting in the knowledge that God is at work in this world even when I don't see it or understand it. Peace is trusting that God will catch me when I fall. Peace is trusting that God is with us in the storm as well as in the sunshine. Holy Spirit, grow your peace in us. The fourth fruit of the Spirit is patience. Some translations will say long-suffering. The word Paul uses combines anger and being far away. So patience is about having some distance from our anger or having a long fuse on our emotions. It is having a calm, tranquil frame of mind while in uncertain circumstances or of bearing up even while being provoked or treated wrongly. We can be patient because our security isn't based on what we might possess or accomplish under our own power. Rather, our security is in God's unfailing protection and forgiveness. As we grow in patience, we are more able to wait with confidence for God's timing to unfold. Holy Spirit, grow your patience in us. The fifth fruit of the Spirit is kindness. I'm sure I don't need to explain what kindness is except to say we certainly know when it is missing and we crave more of it in our world. God's love is being poured into us and if we are paying attention to that love, how could it not overflow into acts of kindness toward others? We should never underestimate the importance and the ripple effect of simple kindness. The Spirit grows kindness in us and often nudges us to be kind in particular moments. Have you ever felt that nudge from the Spirit? Have you followed it? Have you received such kindness from someone else? I'd love to hear about it. Give me a call. I'll take you to coffee and we'll, you can tell me. Someone has said, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And P.S., whoever paid for my coffee at the Caribou drive through on 101 and Minnetonka Boulevard last, night, last month, thank you very much. It made my day, and I am paying your kindness forward. Holy Spirit, grow our kindness. The sixth fruit is generosity. Let's have some of the biggest trees in the world teach us about this fruit. The largest of the California redwood trees is called the General Sherman, and it is 275 feet tall, 36 feet in diameter, and about 2,500 years old. Something that huge must have an incredibly deep root system in order to stand that tall, right? Amazingly, it doesn't. The sequoia redwoods have a unique and marvelous root system, but compared to their mammoth size, their roots are in fact very shallow. There is no taproot to anchor them deep into the earth. The roots actually go down 6 to 12 feet. And yet these trees rarely fall over. They withstand strong winds, earthquakes, fires, storms, and prolonged flooding. 
How can trees so tall and so heavy with such shallow roots survive? Because of this, their root system is intertwined with the other redwood trees, literally holding each other up. The trees grow very close together and even share nutrients with each other. Redwoods have the strength and ability to support other redwoods. Like a huge community of people with arms interlocked, standing and supporting each other, they stop the hardships of life from knocking each other down. The fruit of generosity in us, like a redwood tree, is unselfish. It gives of itself, shares life and resources, creates strength in mutual support. Rather than growing roots as far down as possible to only support ourselves, the Spirit helps us extend our roots outward that we might benefit others too. As the Spirit grows our generosity, we become more and more aware of God's generosity to us and cheerfully share our bounty. May the Spirit grow our generosity. The seventh fruit is faithfulness. It's faith in our loving God that is lived out as honesty, integrity, and reliability. It is serving God by having compassion for others, serving with less and less need for approval or attention in return. Being loved so greatly by God is more than enough. Holy Spirit, grow our faithfulness. The eighth spirit is gentleness. As the Spirit grows this fruit in us, we grow less and less impressed with our own importance. Gentleness toward others contains humility and courtesy. It's humble and healing, not harsh. We take cues from our Lord who said in Matthew, I am humble and gentle in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Holy Spirit, grow our gentleness. And finally, the ninth fruit is self-control. Father Thomas Keating writes that this fruit of self-control is not so much the domination of our will over our emotions. It's more that we become so rooted in God's abiding presence and steadfast love that we will have less need to reach out in the wrong places for security, esteem, affection, power, and status. Assured of God's unwavering love, self-control begins to arise spontaneously. In spite of our weakness, we know that God will give us strength to get through every trial and temptation. Holy Spirit, grow self-control in us. Such beautiful fruit that the Spirit of the living God is growing within us. We need them. The church needs them. The world needs them. As I have been reading about these nine qualities this week, I remembered a story I read about a Native American village who began their day together. They went down to the river, and they spent time in prayer and in gratitude but they did not say amen when they were done because they considered that 
all that followed that day was prayer. All they did, all they said, how they lived, all of it was prayer. So at the end of the day, just before sleep, they said, Amen. I have an invitation for us. Tomorrow morning, when you rise and say your prayers, invite the Holy Spirit to grow the fruit of the Spirit in you. And then, save your Amen. And throughout the day, in all you say and feel and do, be attentive to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then, at the end of the day, when you are ready to sleep, say your amen. May God's blessings be on you all, in the name of Jesus. Amen.